This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're working our way through Genesis 23. We're with some principles that we find in Genesis chapter 23, some principles that make Moses who he is. And as a man, a man of importance, yesterday we understood that finding favor with other people, and that doesn't mean to buy their favor, and that doesn't mean to uh, be fake. That means that it's important as you grow older <clears throat> to find favor with those around you, with the, with the world around you. And we see Jesus doing that in Luke chapter two, 22, Luke chapter 2, verse 52. It's easy for me to say. And so we understand that. There's another principle when Abraham is buying or bartering or coming and asking for the land in which to bury Sarah and to bury the rest of his dead. And ultimately, he will be buried there. And ultimately, his his lineage and generations to come will be buried on this piece of property. And there's a principle that's at work here that has been played out as they talk about the property. And they talk about the property, that the exact piece of property that Abraham wants. And for me, as an attorney, this is a, a great study in in property law <clears throat> and a lot of the property law that we have today comes from this type of understanding that we find here it's also a great understanding of contract law and gifts and speaking if you want to take those to a spiritual level it's important to understand that we are in a covenant relationship with God and that covenant relationship with God is a eternal contract, which means it is a contract that lasts beyond time and space and the place we live. It is a contract that exists outside of all that, and it exists between us and God because we are both eternal beings. And that contract is a contract of love. It's a contract that costs both parties something, and it's a contract that that has great importance. God uh, gives all of himself to us, and we give all of ourselves to him. And it is a, a powerful contract. It's an important contract. But you need to also understand that contracts are enforceable. They're, they're in courts, they are enforceable. Gifts, on the other hand, are not enforceable against the one who receives the gift. And, uh, and that's important because gift, there, there's, a three, there's three aspects to a gift. And once the gift is given, it cannot be rescinded, meaning it cannot be taken back. Once I receive a gift from you, if you get mad at me or I don't live up to your expectations, you can't come and take it back. And the reason you can't come and take it back is because the law says once a, once the all the all the principles in a gift are executed, then once that happens, that it can be taken back. And you say, what are they? It's 
real easy the way to remember it is a female name. It's Ida. I-D-A. It's the best way to remember what a contract is. And a contract has intent, meaning I intend I intended for for whatever I'm giving you to be yours. I had the intent of it being yours. I didn't have the intent of you borrowing it or using it. I had the intent that it had that you have ownership of it, that you take ownership of it, that it be given to you. Then I have to also, just because I want it to be yours, doesn't mean I've given it to you. There has to be a delivery. It has to be, there has to be, there has to be you receiving it and it being delivered into your hands. And that's a great, that's something you got to understand about gifts. Just because I intend it to be yours, I have to deliver it to you. And then ultimately there has to be acceptance. Person who is receiving the gift, the person who is the, who's the principal of the gift, meaning they're getting the gift, that person has to accept that gift. And the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ is, is between us and God. And he had the intent of giving us eternal life. He delivered that through his son, Jesus Christ, and his death on the cross. It cost him something. He had a cost that went with it. And then we notice you have to have the intent and the delivery before there's any accepting in it. So there is the intent and he delivers to us eternal life, meaning we have it, we have it. And then once we realize that it's been delivered to us, it's in our hands, it's in our possession, we come to a realization that it's there, then we receive it, we accept it, we turn to it. It's called our conversion experience. It's called a repentance. It called, it's called turning toward God. Once, once, once we God's intent fully delivered to us, then we receive it to ourselves. And that's the process of salvation is receiving that free gift of eternal life through God. And we do that throughout the rest of our lives. We learn how to hold on to, to use, to walk in, to accept, to receive that gift. Once that's done, it can't be revoked. And that's why the Bible says the gifts and the call of God are irrevocable, meaning God does not revoke those things. He doesn't, he doesn't pull them back. And it's not possible that that would happen. God does not do that. And it's not possible that he would do that. And so we have intent, delivery, and acceptance. Now, now that we have the acceptance of eternal life, which God has given us, once we have turned toward it and walked in it and received it, you got to take hold of it. You got to take dominion over it. You got to take control over it. You can't, somebody can't just walk in and say, hey, listen, I brought you this and lay it on the table and say, it's yours. You have intent and delivery, but you never pick it up. You never act upon it. You never do anything. You don't have acceptance. They walk back in and they see that you didn't do anything with it. They take it back, but it wasn't a gift. You see how that works? It wasn't a gift. I came in. I had the intent that you have it. I delivered it to you. I laid it on the table and you never, ever accepted or received it. Then it's not a gift. Now, God does not take back like that, but other people do. Oh, I didn't know you didn't want it. You left it laying here, so I kept it. And let me tell you, if that were to happen to somebody, they would not, it would not be enforceable by law that they get it. It wouldn't be that way. That being said, a contract costs you something. And that is the most important thing. In order to have relationship, in order to have the relationships of life, the really important, just powerful relationships of life, you have to have, the, they are all of them, 
are, are contractual. They're give and give. I tell people that are getting married that a lot of people go into a marriage thinking this is a 50-50 deal. You give half and I give half and we meet in the middle. There's an old country song. We will, it'll all be great. And that is not true. It's not true in a marriage. It's not a 50-50 contract. It's a 100% contract. What does that mean? I give all to you and you give all to me. And, and for the most important relationships of life, marriage, children, uh, parents, God, it is a giving of yourself. It's a giving of yourself. And it's a giving yourself, even though you might not receive what you think is due you back. It is a 100% giving of yourself. And let me tell you something. What we give to God is of far less value and far less importance than what he gave to us. But for him, it's very important and he wants it. He desires a relationship with us. So to him, the value is complete, is complete. And so when Abraham comes to this place, he understands that I want a piece of property to bury my dead on. And I don't want it to be a gift. I want it to be, I want it to be contractual. I want it to be enforceable. I want it to be something that costs me something. And if you'll notice, Jesus said, look, I'm going to be giving you my, my, my life. I'm going, he tells his disciples over and over. I'm going to be, the son of man's going to be crucified. He's going to be dead, buried and raised, raised again on the third day. I'm going to, I'm going to be handed over to the Gentiles. I'm going to be, I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be crucified. He says it over and over again to his disciples and they don't understand and receive it. What he's saying is, I am giving to you. But then he says to them, if they want to be his follower, his disciple, if they want to actually be one who walks with him and follows him and receives all the goodness that comes from that, remember, you have eternal life, the free gift of eternal life, and you turn to God and accept it and you take it up and you use it. But if you're going to actually be a follower of Jesus Christ and receive all the power and the greatness that comes with that, you enter into that covenant relationship and you walk in that, it's going to cost you something. And that's why Jesus said, that's why Jesus said to him, he said, if you want to be my disciple, you got to take up your cross and follow me. Why? Because the, it's, he's going to the cross for that covenant relationship and you are taking up your life and you're laying it down uh, for him. It's a life for a life. And Abraham knew that. And so he says in verse 12, Abraham bowed himself down before the people of the land. And he spoke to Ephron in the hearing of the people of the land saying, if you will give it, please hear me. Notice he, he's saying, if you're going to give me this, I want you to understand. Y'all are intent, delivering, accepting to me. I want you to understand though, I will give you money for the field. Take it from me and I will bury my dead there. What he's saying is, I want this to be a contract. And a contract for land has to have a certain price to it. It has to be identified in some way as far as where it's located. It has to have date. It has to have signatures. It has to be written. There's things that are very important about a land contract. And Abraham understood that. Abraham says, you could say you could bury my dead there, but then you could not give me access later on. I don't want that. I don't want it just to be a free gift in the sense that, that I can just put my dead there because at some point in time, you could take it back and then I would have to fight you for it. And I don't want it to be that way. I want it to be a contract. I want it to be, I want it to cost me something. I want it, I want what we're doing here to have cost me something. And he says, take it from me and I will bury my dead there. And Ephraim answered Abraham saying, my Lord, listen to me. 
the land is worth 400 shekels of silver. And that's very important there. There we have the silver and that's the blood price. And that's the atonement price. And so when you have silver, you understand, okay, we're talking about a very important spiritual issue here. We're talking about the price because it's very important. He says, I'm going to give you this amount of money. And by the way, when you purchase land today, there in a contract, there has to be a, a, a specific amount of money in the contract for it to be a valid contract for land. And he says, it's only worth 400 shekels of silver. Now, what this man was doing in this time period is he was identifying what he was willing to take for the land. He's actually telling Abraham, this is what I think it's worth. And, but he's telling him in such a way as he's saying, I will give it to you. I'm just going to give it to you. I'm going to intent, delivery, and accept, and you accept it. And when you accept it, it's going to be yours. And Abraham does not want it to be a gift. He wants it to cost him something. And why does Abraham want it to cost him something? Why don't he take it, just take it and use it and enjoy it and take it as a gift? The reason he doesn't want to do that is because he's burying his dead there. It's very important to him. And he wants it to have value in his own heart. And by the way, gifts that are given to us oftentimes have less value than that which we earn. And you need to get that. And that all the time, even with our eternal life that we receive from God, those of us who, who receive eternal life and walk in it and we give our lives to God, and we, we pay with our lives to experience all that comes with that. We place great value on the eternal life and the relationship that we have with God. But folks all the time who know God, they have a relationship with God in that God has provided them a, the atoning sacrifice for sin. He's taking care of them. He is. He, they've made a profession of faith, but they don't walk in it. It doesn't cost them anything. It doesn't have any value to them. And when it doesn't have any value to you, 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 you don't have any hope in it. It's just empty. And people that are part-time parts of the church, they're part-time parts of the kingdom, their, their faith has little value. And sometimes it makes you question whether or not they have faith. And, and that's a good question. I, I, it's a question for them to answer. It's not one for me to answer. I can't answer that. I don't know it. And there's no way for me to determine it completely. God is the one who's the arbiter and author of that. But I can promise you this. I can tell that a person has faith when it costs them something, when they are in the midst of the struggle in it, that is eternal life, when they're in the midst of the struggle, which is the pain and the anguish that goes along with, with eternal life. When they're involved in that, I know that they're born again. Why? Because they're in the midst of taking up their cross and following Jesus. And when you're taking up your cross and following Jesus, it's obvious that you have a contract because it's costing you something. And if something's costing you something, you're getting something in return. You have something that's there in return. People don't work for free usually. People don't do things for nothing. And so it is with our relationship with God. Uh, it is 100%, 100%. And we understand that we give all and we get all. And that is important. And Abraham understands, I want this to be something of great importance. I want this to be something that's lasting. I want this to be something that, that I can point to in the future that cost me something. And when my dead are there, including myself, uh, it'll have value for those, to, for those now and for those to come. And he says, what is it between you and me? So bury your dead. He's saying, listen, 400 shekels of silver, that's no big deal between me and you. We're friends. I love you. I want you to have it. 
And Abraham says, he says, he weighed out the silver for Ephron, which had named in the hearing of the sons of um, silver, currency of the merchants. So the field of Ephron, notice Abraham gives him the money. He says, I know it's nothing between us, but I'm going to give you the silver. So the field of Ephron, which was in Machpelah, Mal which was before Mamre, the field of the cave, which was in it, and all the trees that were in the field, which was within all the surrounding borders, were deeded. Notice there's a, there is an actual legal description there of where that property is that Abraham bought. For a lawyer, that's real interesting. He makes sure that there's a legal description in Scripture of what was purchased by Abraham to Abraham as a possession in the presence of the sons of Heth. Notice there's, there's people there to witness the contract before all who went to the gate of his city. And see, it says, and after this, Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the cave of the field of Machpelah before Mamre, that is in Hebron in the land of Canaan. So the field and the cave that is in it were deeded to Abraham by the sons of Heth as property for a burial place. Wow. What you have here is God showing us that the promises of God, because by the way, there's the blood price in silver and there is the land, which is represents the promises of God. There's silver given and there is the promises received. And when that happens, you have a binding covenant contract, an eternal contract, a contract that can't be broken. And that's what we have in our relationship with God. We have a binding contract with him, a covenant contract with him, one that is eternal, one that never goes away. And the more you invest in that contract, the more of the promises of God you experience. That's the principle of today. The more you invest in the contract, the eternal life which God has given you, the more of his promises and his best you experience. So your investment has great value and you ought to invest. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.